I'll go back to you, Mr. Ryan. You told me in an interview about a week ago, and you mentioned it tonight. It's time for the old guard to be gone. You mentioned Nancy Pelosi, Trump, Biden. Should Chuck Schumer be gone as well? Uh, well, I'm going to vote for the person who's going to give the absolute best deal to Ohio. You know, J.D.'s talking about uh, a joke that I made, but the reality of it is I have been a pain in the rear end to Nancy Pelosi. And if Chuck Schumer's the leader, the I will be a pain in the rear end to him too. I'm for Ohio. I don't kiss anyone's ass like him. Ohio needs an ass kicker, not an ass kisser. Okay, thank you, candidates. Another low rehearsal line. To Good morning. This is Jennifer Bukowski, and that was a line from the fiery debate between the two candidates for U.S. Senate in Ohio last night, Republican J.D. Vance and Democrat Tim Ryan. Uh, that Congressman Tim Ryan is um, doing pretty well, like outperforming what people expected, and that race is tighter than we would like to see as we fight for the balance of the U.S. Senate. And it was interesting to me, Brian, to see two people who are articulate, who probably can count how many words they're saying. I know, right? Made in America. Two <laughs> words. <laughs> Biden. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, interesting to see two articulate people hash it out. But Tim Ryan, he says he doesn't want Biden to run. And he thinks Nancy Pelosi should be gone, too. Even though, as J.D. Vance points out, uh, he voted with them 100% of the time. And J.D. Vance is like, I wish that you were this moderate that you're now pretending to be. And on and on. It was it was an interesting debate. Um, the foreign policy and nuclear war came up. And I thought what J.D. Vance had to say was worth listening to. Check out this clip. Stock of something that Tim Ryan said. And Tim, I don't think that you mean, meant anything by it, but I want to hone in on this because it reflects the failure of the bipartisan foreign policy establishment in our country. The same people who got us into Iraq and the same people who got us into Afghanistan for 20 years. He said that if Vladimir Putin uses nuclear weapons, we should have a strong response. What exactly does that mean? Does that mean we're in a nuclear shooting war? I have three kids and I'm running to be the United States Senator for the state of Ohio. I want to protect protect those children and I want a foreign policy establishment that puts the interests of our citizens first. What everybody has been doing, and I've been at the very forefront of this, saying we need to de-escalate the situation. Vladimir Putin launching nuclear weapons against Ukraine is something we have to do everything possible to prevent. And right now, everybody seems to be, everybody in the Biden administration at least, seems to be sleepwalking into a nuclear war. That is the worst possible thing that could happen. We have to do everything to prevent it. I think he's absolutely right. J.D. Vance there. And he is correct that he was one of the very first voices that we heard urging caution with this whole Ukraine situation. He saw bipartisan support. Send him all the weapons. Send him this. Send him that. We're for Ukraine. Waving the Ukrainian flag all over the place. Which, I mean, I certainly don't support Russia invading that country and killing those people. But I think that J.D. Vance is right. We seem to be sleepwalking towards a very dire situation, possible nuclear war, and that would be like a a calamity uh, way beyond the pandemic, let's just say. And so I think we do need to use every caution. This is a big race, um, but it looks like J.D. Vance is going to win it. You have four and four, basically. So right now the Senate's split, and there's four races on either side to keep that we have to defend and four races that they have to defend. So we just need to hold our four and win one of theirs. Now, we might lose 
Pennsylvania, in which case we have to win two of theirs. And so they're defending Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, and New Hampshire. We're defending North Carolina, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. And I think J.D. Vance did a pretty good job last night at that debate. Not that debates are going to determine the outcome or anything, at least not this one. Now, when Fetterman... And Oz actually debate. I'll be tuning in, won't you, Brian, to see if that yeah, guy... Yeah, definitely won't be missing that. Yeah, if he can string a sentence together. But the problem is those <laughs> people have been voting since September I think aren't September they feeding 19th. him the uh, teleprompter uh, verbiage on a screen that he can yeah. read back? Yeah, read this aloud. Wait yes. for applause. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that is another one. But who knows? They elected Joe Biden to be president of the United States, so... Democrats don't seem to have any compunction with uh, electing brain-addled buffoons into high office. A six-year office, in his case, that would be quite something. Um, but this concept of uh, whether or not uh, J.D. Vance believes Donald Trump did anything wrong. Early on, he was like critical of Trump, but then he ended up winning Trump's endorsement during the primary. And uh, he's being attacked about uh, his support by Don Donald Trump, by Tim Ryan, quite a bit. And the moderator of that debate asked J.D. Vance whether or not he believed Donald Trump has done, did anything wrong. And we do have a clip of that as well. You're endorsed by and you've been campaigning with former President Donald Trump. He is facing multiple criminal investigations. Is there anything the former president has done that concerns you? I mean, is there anything he's done that's concerned me? Why don't we let the criminal investigations actually play out? Because I was alive during 2016 to 2020, and what I saw was consistently rumors that finally Donald Trump was going to be indicted, that he was going to be accused of something legitimately criminal. Of course, Tim Ryan, despite his commercials, voted to impeach him twice. <laughs> Uh, I, I have seen nothing that would suggest the President of the United States should be thrown in prison. And most importantly here, if you're going to make accusations like this, the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, one of the most political actors in the history of American justice, if you want to go after a former president, a, likely, a possible future president, or at least a future political candidate, you've got to tell the American people why. We have really corrupt leadership at, at the Department of Justice, and that's a problem. That is a huge problem, so I wholeheartedly agree with J.D. Vance on that, and I hope he wins. He's the one that wrote Hillbilly Elegy. Um, in any event, this is Jennifer Bukowski filling in for Gary Nolan, and it looks like we have a caller. If you want to call in, 573-874-9390. You can also text that number. I'll be reading your texts. And we have a caller on line one. Chuck, welcome to the show. Yeah, um, you know, I'm old enough to... Uh to remember the latter years of the Cold War and the Cuban Missile Crisis destruction. Yep. Yes. Well, here's the problem with with what I think is going on in society today. Um, mutually assured self destruction worked back then because people actually paid attention and they actually cared if they uh, existed or not. I actually don't think that the, a lot of people really care anymore. And and the one way that the mutually assured self-destruction uh, policy works is, is both parties have to care. And if, and I say if, Putin really doesn't care if he destroys anyone else or not, then the mutually assured self-destruction that's worked all these years doesn't 
do any good whatsoever. Yeah, that's right. And if he sees this as an existential threat, like he gave a speech the other day saying that this conflict with the West is an existential threat and describing the situation with Ukraine as a conflict with the West, we're in some trouble. Yeah, and so I think yep. J.D. Vance was right from the outset that we need to tread with caution here and not turn this like regional thing in Eurasia and where the Ukraine is, or Ukraine is, into uh, World War Three with millions, if not hundreds of millions of people dead. Well, thank you, yeah. Chuck, for the call. Uh, did you have another thing to say? Well, I mean, that, that that's the whole point. Uh, you know, see, I think people are still relying on, at least from America's standpoint of view, uh, that, oh, nobody wants to actually go to nuclear war. Nobody actually wants to go that route. But um, people keep not asking the right question. What if Putin is something's off, something's wrong from the past, and he's not like he used to be, he ain't right in the head? What if he really doesn't care? Right. He, maybe he wants to go out with a bang. Yeah, and, we see suicide with, by cop, <laughs> suicide by nuke. Yeah. Yep, that's, that's terrifying. Well, thanks so much for the it call, is. Chuck. Oh, but anyways, so the uh, this this uh, U.S. Senate situation is looking pretty interesting, and right now I'm starting to feel a little bit better about it, Brian. I'm feeling like we might pull it ahead, but Georgia is falling apart, you know, with the Herschel Walker situation. Right, yeah. Not only did you know this guy has a platform of black fathers should stay involved in the home, then it turns out that he's got a bunch of kids that he wasn't involved with. Or in the home with raising them, right. his own family begs him not to run. Didn't they they vet him about that. before they decided he was going to be the candidate. Well, I he's mean, a Trump endorsed one. Yeah, That's like Oz, you know, Oz was shouldn't too. matter. I mean, find a better candidate. Right, certainly there's candidate, a better candidate. Yeah, candidate quality. If you're going to come huge. out and preach family values, you better learn to live to them. <laughs> I mean. Well, I was listening to the analysts on the Wall Street Journal yesterday, and our best hope for that one is. Georgia has that weird rule, remember, where you have to win by over 50%. The libertarian in that race is pulling at like 4% right now. So our best bet, what might end up happening is Georgia goes to a runoff between the top two, which would be the incumbent Raphael Warnock, who's only been there a year, and Herschel Walker. And that, if that could decide the fate of the U.S. Senate, maybe people can get, you know, a little bit of time and distance from that scandal and realize that there's more at stake and you don't want someone like Raphael Warnock in that office because they'll vote with the wrong side and give Schumer, you know, the gavel basically. And well, and Kamala Harris, the gavel. So uh, we shall see what happens with that. But it turns out that this abortion story, the woman apparently, this is the Daily Beast reported that uh, he paid for this woman's abortion. Court records show that he had a child with this woman and paid child support for that child so that story seems to be a lot more potentially credible even though he denies it than a lot of the stuff they keep coming up with on trump all the time you know and i think that clip we just played a minute ago where jd vance is like i'm old enough to have been alive from 2016 to 2022 where they say here's the next thing he's going to jail and so far we have not seen it and merrick garland does need to explain himself i've still want to know what the heck was going on with that Mar-a-Lago raid and uh, why they're playing, you know, 
you're, they're using the Department of Justice to interfere with elections, basically. That's what's happening. But I bet you're about to tell me that we need a quick break. We have so many things to get to. Kurt Schaefer's going to be here a little later. Um, but are Americans losing their work ethic? This is a reason piece we're going to talk to. Uh, of California, they're going to ban something new. We'll get into that as well on the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. Jennifer, you're the best part of the Gary Nolan Show. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Where'd that come from? You keep saving that clip. <laughs> this is Jennifer Bukowski sitting in for Gary Nolan. And over the break, Brian and I were talking about Tulsi Gabbard, the former, well, she's a congresswoman, a Democratic congresswoman who had a big announcement. And we have the audio from it. Go ahead and play that, Brian. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. She's not just leaving the party. She's saying, hey, everyone, come along with me. I misspoke earlier. She's no longer a U.S. representative from Hawaii, um, but she did run for president as a Democrat. She was the most libertarian and interesting voice in that primary race, in my opinion. She's been on Fox News a lot. I wonder if this announcement will help her media career. But I do think that she sums it up quite nicely that this party is all about dividing people on the basis of race which is perpetuating racism, if not creating, in some instances, racism where it did not exist before. And so good for her leaving the party. What do you think? Are you a Tulsi fan, Brian? I kind of am, except for the fact, as I mentioned to you, her view of government-run health care. Now, that may have changed, but last time I heard, she was in full support of, like, single-payer and have the government control it all. And that, you know, I don't know how a libertarian as we kind of um, assume that she kind of is, could support that. It just doesn't make sense to me. You're, you want to tur- turn control over your own health care to the government? Yeah. I mean, wow. That, that I, maybe she needs to re-clarify her comments. I, I really would like to hear an update. If anyone knows... Or if maybe I'm stating that maybe she'll then maybe she'll come around on that one too, like she I has so. on which party to vote for and be in. Because she would be a very difficult candidate to beat. Right. Very well, smart. I'll tell you what. Well, in Hawaii, she would uh, not have a lot of luck running as a Republican there. They are a very blue state, that's for sure. But uh, if she were to run maybe elsewhere, 
maybe she'd have a shot. I'm not sure. But she did make records in Hawaii by winning uh, to the state house uh, at the age of 21, which was the youngest. She was the youngest person to ever get elected. So she's a really impressive individual, in my opinion. Okay, here's from Reason. This story is shocking to me. I was tweeting about this at ESQ on Fire is my Twitter handle. Esquire on Fire. ESQ on Fire last night. Um, the <laughs> Are Americans losing their work ethic? And this piece, it, it was Matt Welch wrote it at Reason Magazine. And there are some startling statistics in here about the number of prime-aged Americans classified as not in the labor force. NILFs is the acronym. Um, There's so many of them that just go off on the sidelines. And uh, Nicholas Eberstadt, author of a freshly revised book, Men Without Work, he's at the American Enterprise Institute, uh, is saying, look, look, we've got a huge percentage of prime-aged men, that's 25 to 50-year-old guys, who are um, not participating in the workforce at all. In fact, a greater percent of those prime-aged males are not participating in the workforce now than during the Great Depression. What is going on? And this is a decline that's been happening for like 60 years, and nothing good comes out of it because you have less like advancement, you have uh, less a robust economy when you have people sitting at home and I don't know what the causes are of this but I think one big thing is the flexibility of our disability laws that's something I've actually seen anecdotally as I've been a criminal defense attorney and dealing with people in poverty uh, because I did you know public defense and I did a lot of work you know even in private practice defending people who were as a special public defender and that's just like their plan for their money for their life to get once you turn 18 you lose your state benefits and uh get on disability so you keep getting that check that's the plan well uh we'll take your calls about this after the break at 573-874-9390 but first we have a caller that wants to weigh in on tulsi luana welcome to the gary nolan show hi jan how's it going i'm doing well uh we've We've got a minute left. What are your thoughts about our girl, Tulsi Gabbard? She's a shyster. I don't know why folks love this girl. I don't trust her. She's running for office. I, I, from the first time I heard her, I kept thinking, gosh, if we're trying to purge uh, the party of writers, why the hell are we even in, entertaining this? Let her stay on Fox and give her her views and all that other stuff. Like you said, she ain't going nowhere because she's in my or, uh, in Hawaii, uh, she just wants her face out there so close she can eventually run. Um, so that's kind of my take on that. And then as far as the kids working, you know, I, I was one of 12, and my father told us a long time ago, you want to work to eat, you have to work. Kids are lazy, and we've raised a bunch of, yeah, okay, anyway. <laughs> but that's my view on Tulsi. I don't trust her. Well, tell us what you really think, Luana. <laughs> Thanks so much for the call. Yeah, that is another startling statistic, Brian, in this article is uh, we're reaching 50% to the 50% uh, mark of men not ever working for a paid job until they turn 25. What's going on, America? Uh, we are, we're supposed to be the land of the work ethic. We'll talk about that and more next on the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. And we're back on the Gary Nolan Show. This is Jennifer Bukowski filling in. We're taking your calls, 573-874-9390. And you can text me that there, too. Miguel said, we were talking about Tulsi switching parties. Miguel said Tulsi also supported reparations. Uh, that was in response to Brian's comment about her being in favor of government-controlled health care. But government-controlled yeah, education has worked out so well, though, Brian, you know. So. I know, I know. It just seems like uh, out of all of the Democrats, you know, I mean, that would be the one that I would be most aligned with. I mean, <laughs> yes. and I, I don't align with Democrats at all, but if I did, she would be as close as they come. Right. Uh, looking at that stage of all the candidates back in um, 2020, 2019, when they <laughs> yes. were having those debates. Like, oh, my God. If I had to vote for one of them, uh, she might have been getting my vote, I guess. Sleepy Joe is at no point getting my vote. So it's still kind of stunning to me that he's president of the United States and just casually mentioning at a fundraiser that we might be on the brink of nuclear war. But before the break, I was talking about this piece in Reason Magazine, Are Americans Losing Their Work Ethic? And interesting statistics, we are soon reaching, uh, we will soon be reaching a level where men have not worked in a paying job until the age of 25. Part-time summer jobs are leaving. And I think that that's a real shame because you learn a lot from doing a summer job. Like that was expected when I was a teenager and in college that you would work during the summer. You make your own spending money. You save that um, for whatever you might need when you're busier with school and sports. Um, sometimes I even work during the school year in a part-time job. And I think you learn about people depending on you. You interact with adults. And I've taken away a lot of life experiences from, you know, stocking shelves and checking out videos and selling lottery tickets to schnooks for four years part-time, you know, in high school and then early college. But uh, we, right now, that kind of uh, opportunity seems to be diminishing and less and less kids are taking advantage of that, even though there are signs everywhere begging them to do so. I wonder what's going on with that. Do you have any thoughts? Why are kids not as interested in the summer jobs? 573-874-9390. How is it that we're reaching the point where half of people, half of men in particular, are not getting a paying job until they're 25 years old? I think that that's unfortunate because if you learn a different um, mix of things, you learn a lot from having a part-time job, in a, and then you go to college and you get your quote-unquote real job, but I think there's a lot to be learned from that um part-time job that you have or your summer job that you have doing something differently something less glamorous for a little bit of spending money when you're a kid and uh that's the problem but here's something interesting and it kind of goes against the rhetoric of the right the highest working group uh, that they're keeping track of are hispanic men immigrant men uh, of all races are have the highest participation in the labor force out of anyone so maybe it's not all t bad news that uh, we have people wanting to come to the country because we have so many people apparently wanting to sit on their butts at home, 7 million men that don't want to participate at all. For every prime-aged American man that's seeking a job right now, you have four that aren't participating and aren't looking for a job at all. Uh, that's, that's a real problem. 573-874-9390.
573-874-9390. Should this, does this change your mind about open borders at all? Like, do we need to think about this, especially with declining birth rates? You see this happening with like Japan and in Europe where they're going to struggle to, you know, keep their population sustained because people are having less kids. Is this a blessing in some ways, not just a curse? Like certainly with fentanyl, that's real bad. I mean, that's terrifying as a parent that that is flooding into our markets. But you also do have a lot of folks that do just want uh, more opportunity and they want to work for those opportunities. So that's one of the issues that I've never um, been able to be a hardliner on and that I have very conflicted feelings about because, yes, we need to make sure that we know who's coming into the country but we need to have like a better way for people to come in legally if they do want to come here and work and contribute to our society. And this article with this uh, AEI's Nicholas Eberstadt being interviewed said that, you know, during the pandemic, we did shut down, greatly shut down the amount of the illegal immigration. And the argument's always been from like, oh, the people on the right, like Ann Coulter or, or whoever else that is that, well, all these immigrants come in and that makes the wages lower. And if that you stop that, then people would get paid more. And so that 